I became a debutante to meet the right guy, but never got married. Dylan Gaiman. And I'm the Fancy Smancy Tricks Mix. This is the Nanny and Niles pod where one gay man and his best girl rewatch the 1993 show, The Nanny. One episode every week. The synopsis is from IMDb. Fran hosts a tea party for Maggie's friends. However, Maxwell wonders if Fran has the class to pull it off. Uh, so we have a signature cocktail and a signature snack every week for every episode. And this week, I made a Earl Grey Old Fashioned, which is just mm, so good. <laughs> Describe it a little. <laughs> well, it's just a little bit of Earl, a little bit of gray, and a lot of old-fashioned. Yum. I love old. <laughs> and I love fashion. <laughs> and tell me about your snack. What you got going on? I was going to say I love Earl, but it's I don't know who Who's is. Earl? I have no idea. Um, I made a snack. of a. Um, it's basically an apple brie phyllo cup. I called it the tea party Apple Brie Filo Cup. That's a mouthful, but it's delicious and light. Ooh. Yes. So you can catch our video of making the cocktail and talking about that snack on our TikTok and Instagram later this week. And you can right now go on there, watch the last two episodes with the last two cocktails and signature snacks and learn all about how to make delicious cocktails for your fancy schmancy parties and a snack to go along with it. Exactly. And it's super simple, super easy stuff. I mean, you can make it with your eyes closed, I promise. But don't, because if there's any cutting involved, you're going to get your blood all over the place and yeah. that's it's just a biohazard. Oh, you can't God, be serving, like but it's good for red dye, I guess. <laughs> And you know what? Yeah, you know what? It does require an oven. So, yeah, just keep your eyes open. <laughs> Let's do a nice cheers. We're, we are drinking our Earl Grey Old Fashions in... Clink! Teacups. Is that a clink? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Oh, my All gosh. All right. So, this is Season 1, Episode 3, My Fair Nanny. I don't know what that's supposed to be a spinoff. It's, it sounds like something. I can definitely hear it in my head. It's So My Fair Nanny, My Fair... It's My Fair my something, fa- right? My Fair Lady. My Fair Lady! Yes. Oh, this is why we're a team. Someone has to compensate yeah, for the other right, one. right, right. There you go. Boom, boom. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned before. Um, I don't, I'm pretty sure I didn't. Maxwell Sheffield was on The Magicians. So, you know, I've been talking about some of the characters and um, what other things they were on or what they're known for. And obviously our main, one of our main characters, Maxwell Sheffield, uh, was on The Magicians and Mad Max. So that's a little little um, IMDb information for you. little info. Um, I know I watched The Magicians. Really, really liked it. Did you ever see The Magicians or Mad Max? Oh my gosh, you know what? I don't even think I even watch TV. <laughs> Except for the nanny. <laughs> all I do is watch the yeah, nanny. Yeah, the nanny. That's it. All day. Every oh day. That's it. I did not watch it. I have nothing I, I have nothing to say about it. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about it. Well, let's get in the episode. So, so uh, Maxwell and Brighton play catch together while... Fran flies a kite with Grace. Um, so they, there's a scene in the beginning where she's like, oh, well, you got to wear the hat. You're going to play catch here in the baseball. You got to wear the hat. So do you think that um, men's men's look cool? in that? Because I think she says she's like, you got to wear the hat to look cool. Ooh, yes. Backwards, right? Specifically backwards. Yes. Honestly, it all depends. I mean, if if it fits and it looks right on on the guy's head, I mean, I think it's you could pull it off like a casual, like cute. OK, but I actually, you know, I have to say, though, I did love this scene um, because at this point um, I felt like, you know, Fran was like the mom figure and she's like sending them off, you know, to go play baseball and go fly a kite. Like, I just thought it was so cute. Oh, my God. Let's go fly a kite. I don't know how much you can sing before it becomes copyrighted, but little Mary Poppins reference there for you. Oh, my gosh. You're right. And you know what? Um, Well, back to the boy thing Um, with the hat. I do like a cap you know, on a guy. I really do. Uh, whether he's yeah. hiding a balding head or not, um, I I think it's just cute. I love a cap on a guy. Love it. I am indifferent. Um, but I would say that it's no matter what gender you are, you have to have the right head shape yeah, that's to kind of get to get 
it just looks good on some people. It doesn't look good on others, no matter if it's front or back. If you're a top versus bottom, you know, you head it all to the side. You just got to have the right shaped head to do so. Oh, we're still talking about hats, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Grace and Nanny have this little kickback back and forth where they're talking about uh, a guy, a hot guy, or a cute guy. I think it was a hot guy. Yeah. Is like a kite. She's like, you got to let him go. Yank them back at the end of the day, and then hang them up until you're ready for it. <laughs> I thought ready that was for it again. that was so clever. She was like, you know, men are like a kite. You gotta kind of let them loose and then reel them back in. And then Gracie's kind of like, then you hang them on a hook until you're ready to use them again. It was great. I love it. Now, uh, Charm from 1998 came after this, obviously, because the the nanny's from 1993. But there's a similar quote. Which I wonder if they got from this show. So Graham's from Charm. She says, men are like silverware. You use them, wash them, and then put them in a drawer until you, use, you need them again. <laughs> I love and that. And I've used that quote for many years now. I mean. To, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it's very man-eater quote type <laughs> of thing. I love it. You know what? It's like, own it, girl. Um, so the family is having breakfast and Cece suggests that Maggie attend an upcoming debutante ball. Mm. Now this ain't the balls that you're used to gay peoples, the LGBTQs, the, uh, the fabulous, (laughs) the queers. Um, this ain't no ball walking. Uh, this is, this is some upscale shit you probably haven't even heard of before. Unless, unless I've watched Gilmore Girls. I don't think I even would know what a debutante ball was. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's crazy. There's two types of balls, right? Why don't we always open up with balls? Well, but... there's actually several types of balls. Oh, my goodness. You got baseballs, yeah. basketballs, yeah. That's balls, the balls. kind. It's just a lot of balls. I'm overwhelmed. I got. I need a sip of this tea. Um, <laughs> but the debutante ball is like, you know, a cotillion and like all this good stuff for like mm-hmm. the teenage girls up coming of age. And um and then the other ball for the LGBT is actually, if you don't know, it's like this uh, big kind of like event and, you know, you come in with your outfits and your dance moves and just, it's it's a party and you just show off your look and your dance moves. It's great. So it's almost similar, but yeah. not. <laughs> not at all. I yeah. mean, the, the 1980s was big for the ball scene in New York City. I believe it was Brooklyn specifically. Oh, um, Brooklyn. And there's a lot of voguing. There's a lot of um, categories. Um, it's just this really great scene that still ev- is involved in today. It still exists today. Um, and it's all over the world. So if you don't know about the ball scene, definitely Google that shit. Look at, there's a bunch of YouTube videos. And there's a show on HBO called Legendary. And Ooh. that is a really cool competition show. That has to deal with the ball scene. So Love check it out. It. And one last thing. Speaking of balls, just, you know, one last thing. This ice, um, this cold silver ball you have in mm-hmm. the teacup mm-hmm. to keep the, the drink cold is like such a nice touch. I it's love it. It's great because it doesn't water it down and you don't want to water down your liquor. Yes. You guys, it's a silver ball that keeps the drink cold. That's some advanced stuff. So did you catch, it's actually really, really short and I almost didn't catch it, but Brighton at the breakfast table says, I don't need to be a genius. I could be a producer just like my dad. I, it's one of the first things I caught. (laughs) And then he goes, oh, who just said that? Like, as like he, he knows what he said was bad and he, his dad isn't even paying attention. And (laughs) it was just, I love that punchline. It was a total insult. Um, but it was just hidden. And honestly, it's so funny when these kids say something clever, especially even when Grace said, oh, you hang, you know, the men on, you know, you hang it on a hook until you use them again type of thing, you mm-hmm. know, referring to the mm-hmm. men, you use them when you need them. It's, it's so funny. I love that they do that. That's, that's hilarious. So CC referencing this debutante ball is, I believe, being run by one of these rich ladies that she's ba- bragging on about. And I guess, th- I think there's like um, like a wi- winning amount that she references. And she's like, oh, well, that's nothing. You know, this lady finds that much money in her couch. Yeah, the 50K. The 50K. 50K. It was like, this lady finds 50K in her couch. And I'm like... Wow. I mean, you know, it's um, it's still really interesting to see, you know, people with a lot of money. You're just like, what do you do with it? What do you do? What do you do? You know? Um, Question for you. Yeah. 
did you go couch surfing? When what? Well, oh, couch surfing is different. Sorry. Um, did you ever go couch diving? Couch diving is when you get the coins out of the cushions, I believe. You know what? I never really did, but you no? know, I did like, I did like. I mean, if I was looking for something, sure. then I would go and you know that sure. if that's what it's called, couch surfing or couch diving. Diving. What's couch surfing? Is that <laughs> that's a thing? when you like live on people's couches? Oh, yeah. we learn something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I I totally did it. I don't know where all the change came from but like i think like once a month me and my sister would couch dive and we would find like coins like that's great and and then you go to the coin star i have got i have saved coins and gone to the coin star and literally got cash that way it's it's great i was like ooh, you know you never know it adds up i got no free coin stars anymore you literally have to pay yeah at each one and banks don't even do it either i mean you could do the rolling thing but who wants to do that but my bank used to have the machine and then you could do all that stuff for free and they don't do that at all anymore. Yeah, they just charge everything. Is mm-hmm. anything free anymore? Well, with the coin shortage, you can go to a local casino typically and they'll do it for free because they want your coins. That's right. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I wonder if more places are doing that yeah. because they want your coins. I know. You know what? I hoard a lot of them because Hashtag... I still don't have an easy pass, so I use it as toll money. How do you not have an... Oh my god! I really want one. You're like my boyfriend. He steals my. Okay, here's a good story. He steals my um my Easy Pass. By the way, we live in Pennsylvania, so he steals my Easy Pass to go to Philly. Well, I don't know what kind of roundabout way he was going, or like who he was visiting, bouncing from place to place. You know, visiting his friends. He racked up a thirty five dollar toll fee in one day or one weekend. Wow. And I think the one toll was like $14, $14-15. Like some like one was like oh like two gosh. or five, like one was um 15 and then one was 10. Wow. 35. Yeah, that's good math right there. I just did it. Um but I was like, "All right, you paying for this mother." Yeah. <laughs> because at first I was like, "Oh, well, like, you know, cuz I you know, with Easy Pass, you use it and then once you get below a certain point, it takes $35 out of your bank account and then like you have like this preloaded amount right yeah. so i got the preloaded thing transaction and i was like okay whatever you know and then not too long after cuz i we both went to philly to go see a show and i had to pay it again so i paid this $35 reload fee twice in a month and i was like let me check these transactions so when we went to philly it was $5 there $5 back wow but when he went it was like and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. You paying for this. I was going to be like, oh, I'll I'll pay for like a $5, $10 fee. Did he get lost? I don't know. I mean, he's probably seen a bunch of different friends. Well, I got, I mean, I lived in Jersey, so I remember. I I don't know what happened. I just kept getting lost. But for some reason, I kept gravitating towards one exit. Mm. And I... I was just so annoyed that I had to keep paying the toll every single time. I said, I'm doing something wrong, and I don't know why I keep ending up on this on this exit. And I feel like the person that was collecting the money was like, who is this crazy woman mm-hmm. and uh, that keeps paying me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So Maggie explains that she doesn't have any friends because she isn't popular. Fran gives her some advice on clicks. It's all about boys, clothes, and Bobby Sherman slash Marky Mark. Marky Mark. So, I mean, it's always a concern, you know, in high school. It's, I just, why has it always been that way? That, you know, it's, we, as human beings, we care about what other people think and how popular we are and, and how people look at us and how we're perceived. And it's just... In a way, it's absolute torture, you know? And, oh, my gosh. Poor teenagers. You couldn't pay me to be a teenager again, I'll tell you that much. Um, but I love this scene because, you know, it's it's what a daughter would maybe say to her mother or somebody, a guardian or somebody, an older sister, you know, about your insecurities. And I really love that Fran, you know, takes the place of a mom figure that this household needs. And I think that's just, I don't know, I just enjoy seeing that. It's like she took the place of the mom in, in, in a way and is stepping in and, and talking to her and kind of comfort comforting her, you know? I know. So, what I don't know 
is who Bobby Sherman is. Yeah, who is he? And he said his his hair, you know, made an emphasis on his hair. But I do know who Marky Mark is. Yes, and it's Mark Wahlberg, right? I'll tell you one thing. I do not like Mark Wahlberg currently uh, or within the past 10 years. <laughs> um, he, he He's not my favorite actor, and I'm really not enjoying his acting career. But he was mad effing hot back in the Calvin Klein days. And if you've oh, ever seen yes. The Runway with him walking down with Calvin Klein underwear... And he has these baggy jeans on, and they're just, like, slowly, like, going down. That was, like, the campaign. Like, he would walk down runways for Calvin Klein, and his baggy jeans would just, like, slowly, like, ride down. And then he would, like, smile and pick them up and be like, hee, hee, hee. Yes, and you know what? Fun fact. I, you know, I remember seeing, like, some kind of a show, and they said that he actually doesn't want to be called Marky Mark. He wants to be called, you know, by his name. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, Mark Well, too Wahlberg. bad. Yeah. And also, to go back, <laughs> circle back to Robert Bernard Sherman. He was an American songwriter, uh, writer, best known for his work in musical films with his brother Richard M. Sherman. The Sherman brothers produced more motion picture song scores than any other songwriting team in film history. There you go. Fun fact. <laughs> Fun fact. Well, there you go. Um. So sleepovers so they're talking she's like oh she's talking about you know friends and how uh maggie needs to get some friends and um she's like i can't believe you haven't had any sleepovers and um that's just like something that she's trying to get um maggie into getting friends so she can have sleepovers and do the whole girl thing and honestly i love that she was trying to boost maggie's confidence and i think that's really really important and that's what i do with my daughter um you know i i work at night and sometimes it's so hard to keep track of your kids and how where they're at and how they're feeling and you know my daughter's 14 years old it's a very vulnerable age it's very impressionable and they are hard on themselves harder than we can ever imagine sometimes and i love to say something you know nice to her every day something to just boost her confidence whether it's you know you're such a lovely person you're such a good person i'm so proud of you like you know i think that's so important and i love that um miss fine was doing that you know Mm -hmm. so tell me about some sleepovers were you big into like having sleepovers as a kid it was such a big deal to be able to sleep over someone's house and i know my mom was pretty she was cool about it if she knew the parents she knew you know she was pretty you know chill i mean you know my father passed away when i was 13 so it was like you know my mom was a single mom you know she worked and provided for us the best way she can and i remember i think there were times when it was like you know okay you know you could go to sleepover she didn't really give me too much of a hard time i did have a friend around that time that was just like her parents were super strict can't ever really sleep over my house and it was a, a rarity that she could sleep over but I remember it was great. Um, it was, you know, just talk about boys nonstop. Um, it was just always boys. I felt like I was boy crazy. And I think I said this in the last episode that that was, it was always about boys who was cute, who was dreamy. Um, obviously we talk about outfits and the Backstreet Boys and mm. sync. Yes. And such a battle on who's better and who um, we liked more, you know. Playing that MASH game. Yes. What is it? Uh, <laughs> mansion, apartment, shack, or house. Yes. And then you choose, like, your husband's potential careers and uh, type of cars that they would have yes. and then how many kids that they would have. If you think about it, that's almost like creating a vision board. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, when you played MASH, did you do the circles or did you do the, the tallies? Um, we, we did, we did both. Uh, wasn't there another one where you, you, yeah, you fold this little origami thing and then you, oh, you did you the, the number of things too. Well, we didn't mix it, but there was like another game that was oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. What do you call that? It was like, I think it was just like a fortune teller. Yeah. Type yeah. of another game and it had numbers and you pick one and when you open the flap, yeah. but the, the mash game, I think we just did it with the, you know, 
with the tally or the spirals. Yeah, the ta- yeah it was pretty much like just I, I whatever. I did both about. too, but I never really liked the spirals. I was more into the tallies. Yeah. And I loved making someone go really far, just like having them like do like 20 to 30 tallies. Yeah. I mean, you know what? It was, um, it's amazing because you almost like at that age, you almost like believe it. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, this is really like, what's oh, going to happen. I love Todd. it. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or like Nick Carter and. One of my favorite sleepovers was when um, my dad was on a cruise. I believe it was Carnival Cruise. And everyone said that they were sleeping over at my place, at my mom's. My parents were separated. And then I told uh, my mom that I was sleeping over at one of my friends' house. So everyone was covered. And we went to my dad's house while he was away. And we were drinking tequila. And we were having a mighty good time, acting crazy. And I remember, apparently, my dad asked my grandfather to house it. So he would, like, uh, he would come by occasionally to take care of the house or, or to do whatever. Yeah. Um, and so um, we got up. I got up early, decently, to clean. And then we, like, all left. And then when we, like, made it a couple blocks away before I realized that I left my phone charger. So we went back. And I got inside the house, took my, f- got my phone charger, left the house. And just as I'm leaving the house, my grandfather is coming down from the alley. Oh and he's gosh. just like, oh, what are you doing here? And it was perfect timing for me to be like, I just stopped by for my phone charger. Wow. So if, if we would have like waited an extra like 10 minutes, we would have been busted. And just like caught. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I remember that I used to, I wasn't too, too bad, but I remember one time I had, you know, I had boys kind of like in front of the house because there was this boy that lived across the street from me and I kind of had a crush on him, but I was like, oh, he's a cutie pie. So his friends would be there and they'd have their bikes. And one time my dad like came home and he was just like, you know, what's going on, you know, and everyone kind of like scattered. Mm-hmm. Um, They didn't come in the house, but I remember I was like, ooh, boys, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I wasn't really like a cute teenager like that. So I feel yeah. like a lot of my friends got the attention and I was just like boy crazy. And I was just like, oh, I wish he liked me, you know, type of thing. But I think I really did enjoy, you know, um, just kind of, you know, getting into things with my friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, further into, well, high school. I think I'm talking about middle school days more, but um, high school, though, I remember we got into things, um, you know, and I remember one time I lent my uh, cell phone to my friend and I think just to help her sneak out of the house to go meet a boy. And I think she got caught. I think she got caught all the time. (laughs) now that I think about it and then I became the bad friend and the parents would look at me like I was the the bad friend Mm. you know meanwhile I'm actually home not seeing any boys um you know and I just didn't catch too much attraction but there were a few times you know there were older guys that would try to get the high school girls and and that part got a little scary but I also caught this from this scene where you know it matters what school you go to depending on what kind of school you know if it's in the city if it's a nice school or but either way being a teenager in high school I think it's just it could be either really fun and stressful and just lots of emotion lots of excitement it's insane yeah speaking of emotion what emotions are you getting from Marky Mark or should I say since she was like Bobby Sherman it's your, you know, for Maggie, it's really Marky Mark. But for us, who's, who's our Bobby Sherman? Who's our Mark, Marky Mark? Oh, for me, it was the Backstreet Boys for sure. Or oh, NSYNC. Okay. Okay. I was like in love with Howie for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought like, I don't know. He was just like the quiet one and just like, he doesn't really have a lot of like big parts, but I just thought it was like. It was just so cute. He was just, I was so obsessed with him. Everyone mm-hmm. loved AJ and I was like, I get it. He's the badass, you know, but I didn't, sorry, AJ. I think you're cute now, but I just, he wasn't as like doing it for me. And then Nick Carter, oh, heartthrob, you know, I, I really <laughs> loved the the underdog and I'm not saying, you know, he was the underdog, but he was more quiet, I think. So I really loved Howie from Backstreet Boys. Loved him so okay. much. I loved him. Loved him. I don't know if I really was ever into any of them so much when I was younger. I think I I think I got a little bit more older before I started like being like obsessed with with a with a pop culture male person. Um, So I would say probably Zac Efron. I thought it was really cute in High School Musical, and he just got hotter and hotter. 
And hotter. I think... <laughs> I think I'm showing my age, too, because we do have such an age gap and we just don't notice it. Um, because at that time, for me, it was like the Backstreet Boys. And I get it. For you, it was High School Musical. Yeah. And I think I got... I, I do like my older guys. So I think Zac Efron is, like, sexier than ever to me now versus High School Musical days, yeah. you know? But, man, he has a killer jawline. <laughs> <laughs> um. So now we're going into... Fran is hosting a potluck tea party with a sunday bar cosmetic demonstration and a gypsy fortune tailor so it's it's just so funny she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this high class tea party but we're gonna do a potluck everyone's gonna bring something you know mrs blah 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 is bringing potato salad but she's like well hey you know they can bring something. I'm supplying the Sunday bar and I'm supplying the cosmetic demonstration and the gypsy fortune teller. I honestly love the fact that she stays true to herself and it really goes to show the different types of, you know, upbringing that we have. Um, you know, potlucks and bringing food versus, you know, something that's more upscale and you mm-hmm. provide everything for the people and you just make sure that everyone is like taken care of. I mean, both parties, whether it's an upscale one or a, you know, homey type of, you know, more lower budget type of. I mean, this is doesn't sound low budget at all, but I just love how, you know, Nanny Franny Fine just holds true <laughs> to herself because, you know, she's like it. it it felt homey when she was saying it. She was like, bring the potato salad. Hey, I'm, I'm ready things. for all of this, yeah. including the potato salad. And the fortune teller. You've, have you ever been to a party with a fortune teller? I don't think so. I've been to a bridal like shower with a fortune teller. And it was kind of like, uh, you know, everybody's just hanging out, talking. And then everyone took turns seeing the fortune teller. And I feel like that's a great, you know, idea for a party. And you sit down and who doesn't want to hear their future, you know, about their future, whether it's real or not. Um, and I love the party stuff that she had. You know, it's, it's, um... The Sunday bar. Who doesn't want the Sunday bar with ice cream and sprinkles, all that good stuff? I mean, these were all fun things. Well, if the fortune teller gives you some bad news, Alicia has some ice cream to wash it down. Exactly. <laughs> and some cosmetic uh, de- demonstration to help you patch up any. <laughs> yes, any any blemishes or yeah. any you know. Um, if you start crying, you're yeah, good to go. Yes, puffy eyes. Maybe you sweat you a little bit. Yeah, you know? it's great because um, it's all interactive. You want a party that's interactive, and I love that. And it's for teenagers. Why not, right? So one thing that pointed out for me was um, they're they're talking about all these things, and um, Grace is like, "What's vinyl?" Because Nat Fran, Nanny Fran Fine, brings up uh, records, and she's like, "What's a record?" Yes. And you know what's funny? This is 1993, and she's like, what's a record? She's, that, I mean, I was born in 92, so this girl's freaking older than me, and she doesn't even know what a re- I mean, I grew up with a record player in my house, and now everything's coming back. All these, like, current artists are making vinyls, and be- having a record player and vinyls, like, really, yeah. like, pop culture. And the cover itself, I mean, it's nice and big. It's almost like a poster. You want to just kind of, like, you know, display the record, or just kind of have this nostalgic you know piece of kind of you know um piece just like the artwork and also the sound is different and Mm -hmm. you know it's it's nice it kind of brings you back a little bit and it's just so different just to listen to a whole album versus nowadays we compile a playlist and you listen to different things you know different songs but this one it's like you're committed to that album that is the vibe that's what you're listening to so she's talking about that and then you also have brighton who's in the background playing a game boy like the original game boy and i don't even think i had the original game boy i my parents didn't get me one until it turned into game boy advance like i remember seeing all my friends having the regular regular game boys and the game boy colors and stuff like that and i didn't get one until way later I had the very first ancient, I'm really showing my age, the first ancient Game Boy. And it was gray and it had this great cartridge mm-hmm. and it was like a brick. I mean, if you threw that thing at someone, I'm pretty sure you'd knock somebody out. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, I mean, I was an only child, so I didn't really talk to a lot of people. But uh, growing up in the Philippines, my mom used to send me toys and she sent me a Game Boy. And I remember playing that thing for hours. My favorite games were... 
Zelda and Tetris, and mm. I would play it for hours. Yo, I'm I'm actually a really big Tetris fan, and there's this place in Philly, back backtracking to Philly, um, called Barcade, and there's a Tetris game, and I really love playing the Tetris game, Tetris game there. Of course, you're a Virgo, wouldn't you? Of course, and <laughs> you have just to put like the things together. Yes, just like me, it all has to match up. It's great, and I can play that thing for hours. Honestly, if I had more time, that's probably what I would be doing. Um, and again, not so, so much watching TV. <laughs> as Fran's talking about the party with all these different things, Cece comes in, she hears about the party, she says, oh my God, Fran cannot do this party. She doesn't know what she's doing. Oh my God, you're making her bring potato salad? What's a potluck? Um, potato salad? That's peasant food. <laughs> she starts criticizing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I love potato salad, but I gotta say... I think my two favorite are macaroni salad and broccoli salad. Oh, yeah, that's If I'm going to pick a salad, those would be the salads that I would pick. I remember, I, I didn't, I wasn't so familiar with the broccoli salad, but I remember eating it and I remember you getting so excited about broccoli salad and you'd be like, ooh, broccoli salad. Mm-hmm. And I actually just ended up really loving it myself. Um, For me, I think it was the potato salad. That was like my fave. And um, for us, you know, we have our Filipino macaroni salad. And one of my aunts, shout out to to my aunt who makes this delicious, delicious macaroni chicken salad type of thing. It's it's so good. That's that's I agree with that. So what makes it Filipino? Uh, it's so weird because it it has like apples mm-hmm. and like like a sweet type of mayo in it so it's like on the sweeter side and it's like a chicken salad mixed with a macaroni salad Mm -hmm. so you can actually and then there's like raisins in it i know there's people out there that's like ale raisins but the sweet and the tangy and the salt and it was just it's just so good and then she has a method of making it so it's super creamy you should make that. I you should, should make, make it, it for one of our, our episodes. Yes. And she has a whole method, and I don't know if I can duplicate it, mm-hmm. but I believe she might be visiting here again at some point in time. So I might have to kidnap her so go. she can make this macaroni chicken salad. Sounds good to me. <laughs> so uh, final part of the party is a grab bag. I don't think I've ever been to a party that had a grab bag at the end or, or during that you get to like get a gift. Yes. But she says that... If you are going to do a grab bag, you have to wrap the best present in aluminum foil. That way, when you go into the grab bag, you can pick out the best present. That's it. Okay. So, you know what? I actually, I don't know why. I was like, I remember always hearing grab bags, but I was like, I'm I'm not too familiar with it. You know? I mean, I, I grew up in the Philippines for most of my life, and I've been here forever, but I just wasn't so familiar about it. It slipped my mind, and I love that. You know, I got to see that and learn about it um, on this episode. But let's talk about how Cece was just like criticizing Fran's ability. So the best part about all of that is that as she's blah, 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 talking about how Fran's going to screw it up. She's she has her arm on her back and she's slowly guiding her to the door. She opens the door and she's like, you can leave now. Yes. And you know what? Um, it, It's actually that was one thing that I noticed Fran had such a grace about her and confidence, um, you know, answering the things that Cece would say, you know, to her to make her kind of, you know, I feel like Cece wanted to just criticize her, discourage her and um, from throwing this party. And he just, you know, it's it goes to show, you know, nowadays, I'm sure people go through this when people maybe question your ability or people maybe are not sure about what you can do. And you know, Fran, you know, she looks like such a fun person. And a part of me feels like I can relate to some of that because I'm like always such a fun person. But sometimes people look at it like, oh, you know, she probably really doesn't, it's not going to really, you know, do good or maybe, you know, underestimate. And I love that Fran was, you know, confident about this. Um, But I know that there were things, you know, it simmers in your head. And I feel like it did once Fran processed, you know, what Cece was saying, it started to kind of discourage her a little bit. So, um, and also Cece talking about her vicious backstabbing friends. Oh, yeah. So she goes, all the bad girls in this group, I know how bad they are because they're my closest friends. Do you 
have any closest friends that you would or in in your whole life yeah you know, not, not right now specifically but have you had people that you're like oh they're, they're like one of my best friends but they're horrible yeah and you know what i mean it's crazy because it shows growth i mean i'm 36 years old and i have been reflecting on this for a while and i always preach and i always say it's so important to surround yourself with good people, good vibes, people that will lift you up, people that will empower you, that makes a huge difference in your life. And honestly, back then, yes, I would surround myself with people that I realized was not worth my time. Mm. But I know that in our society or some cases, there's people that let do it. It's like there's a part of us that maybe cares about that person or you know, because of status. Yeah. They want to be associated with this person somehow or or it's the way they look and they just tolerate the stuff, you know, all the negativity from these people. And I was like, you know, recently thinking, I'm like, I don't really have to worry about that stuff. So I I'm happy about that. I have a good circle of friends. Um, but it's it's crazy to hear Cece say that, you know, and yeah. I'm like, I wasn't surprised, though. I really wasn't. Oh, <laughs> So now we're moving into this study where Maxwell breaks a vase while attempting to play catch with Niles. Oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who, who's thinking that Niles is going to play catch with anybody? And honestly, I have to say, I love Niles. His one-liners and just clever quips and, you know, quotes and just his comebacks are just great. And when he comes back with the vase, it's broken and he's just like a uh, one less thing to dust. And I hate dusting. I love it. It's one thing that I actually um, designate to my boyfriend. I'm like, you can do that, and I'll, I'm going to do everything else. I I know because it's like especially if you have a lot of things and you know tchotchkes and stuff or tchotchkes, <laughs> tchotchkes. which is different than a shishka. Ah, there you go. A shashka. <laughs> sh- what was it? Tchotchka, shishka, shashka, whatever. And you know what? I have to say, when they were discussing, you know, um, the party and what's going to happen, and and uh, Mr. Sheffield basically saw, you know, that, you know, there's a fortune teller, and why is he paying $200 for it? You know, he kind of slowly starts to maybe doubt Fran's presence in the party, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know how it's going to pan out, and... I could see that there was a little worry in his face. And I think that's how it comes about when him and Niles are like, oh, what are we going to do about this? Mm -hmm. But also, he says that she's going to be a breath of fresh air. um, And, you know, Niles wanting to, like, see, you know, what's going to happen if Fran is there. Um, But obviously... You know, at first I was like, oh, that's so sweet. You know, you know, Mr. Sheffield is basically saying Maxwell's like, oh, you know, she's going to be a breath of fresh air. But it almost seemed like, you know, was it like an insult in a way or I feel like he was confident in her. But there was also a doubt. I I just feel like this group of people is is already present in the mindset that like they're stuffy. I mean, later on, we see Maxwell say that. Um, you know, none of them have a booty. And then um, Niles is saying that they have no hips. And I just like when he when she when Niles is saying you're a brush of fresh air, I just it boggles me that Fran isn't like seeing that as a compliment. And yeah. obviously it's it's being presented in a bad way. And it's just like, ah, oh, Fran, like, why are you losing your mojo? Like, why are you letting this like take over because this is why you're hosting the party this is why maggie wants you to do it and you you all came up with these ideas you know do you think she would be saying like let's do the ice cream thing let's do the fortune teller if she didn't want you to do those things yeah and you know what i think um this is when we start to see um you know fran kind of like she's starting to like break down a little bit where you know, she's, she was so confident, you know, especially when she was talking to Cece earlier and Cece's doubting her. She had all these clever answers just to deter Cece from thinking that way. But, um, and she was just confident it's going to be fine. But as she processes it, and I think this is very relatable, you know, sometimes people say things and we process it. And if there's anything I can instill with, you know, to my children, um, in my children, it's like, if I could instill anything, it would be, 
to stay true to yourself and just be who you are but um you know and don't let anything you know bother you and what any anything you know anyone says but i think um you know this is when you start to see that she's like oh like is this gonna be okay you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so she starts cracking she starts not believing in herself and then maxwell and niles decide to do the like whole makeover thing that you've seen in a lot of teen movies uh, but it's like the reverse because instead of becoming more fabulous, she's becoming more boring. She um, she's becoming fancy schmancy. Yes, and you know what? I have to say, I love anything that has to do with a makeover. You know, like the movie Clueless, and you know any other famous movie or any other movies that have to do with makeovers. I just love it. Um, specifically, probably reason why I love drag queens. You transform. You like change, and honestly. Um, once Maxwell and Niles were like, we're going to do this and going over those scenes, I just can't believe how much they fit in a 20 minute show, you know, and, um, it it was just great because I think you see the process of how they're showing etiquette and to see these, you know, men, you know, kind of try to help her kind of fine tune and so this way she fits into the party. I think that was, you know, that was really interesting. And I think that was actually really fun um, to see their frustration and that progression, you know, her hair being disheveled, him having his tie kind of around his neck, you know, and you think like they're home, you think they could just be, you know, maybe wearing comfortable things, but no, they're just, you know, it's clearly they're just like, oh, stressed out. Yeah, Maxwell, ha- well, I guess Maxwell and Niles, attempts to have her talk with marbles in her mouth. Yes. And then walk with the book on her head, which is very, the whole stereotypical be poised type of thing that you see in media all the time. Yeah. And then they try to adjust her laugh. Uh, they, they try to address, um, adjust yeah. her wardrobe. And then they're like telling her how to dine, which I had, I don't think I've ever been in any dining situation where there was that much silverware. Honestly, you know, I can imagine this can all be so intimidating and overwhelming for anyone. And I just can't believe that, you know, sometimes we exist in a world where obviously, you know, people can criticize you for not knowing those things. Um, So I can imagine this was probably so overwhelming for Fran, you know, um, obviously, and very taxing for Maxwell and Niles because they're just kind of like, oh, you're just showing everything and kind of packing it all in before the party. So I can imagine how stressful that was. But um, I have to say, I love that they got through every single scene, how she speaks, how she walks, how she eats and what utensil she's using. It was basically etiquette class that they were giving her. The craziest thing that I'm just realizing now is that they're sitting her down with all these plates and all these bowls and all these all the silverware and that which is what I would think an elegant tea party would be. It'd be more like sit down. But it's not. We get to the actual party and everyone's kind of like here and there and just holding like saucers and teacups. And then there's like, yeah, just like little little clicks going throughout the party. Everyone's kind of like it's more like hanging casual. out unless there would have been maybe at some point, you know, just like any other party, everybody mills about and just kind of walks around. And then, you know, when it's time to sit and eat, then you yeah. have kind of like this long table with all of the table settings and everything so i don't know if that was the case but also it was a potluck yeah but i mean they they were obviously trying to adjust what she originally had planned and to be more fancy schmancy and that's why they were having her sit down and practice at a dinner table so like why do that if she isn't going to like have like a dinner sit down thing because even when she's in the schmancy fancy mood they have like cucumber sandwiches. Yeah, that's like true. I don't know. It's like that's past true. apps. Yeah. It's very, very weird. I think it was just basically a symbolism of how yeah. she needed to be. And this is what you go through, you know, to learn proper etiquette. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think for me, I, I, um, yeah, you're right. That's a good observation because she didn't really need those skills, especially with eating. And then with the whole language thing, marbles in the mouth. She's doing the whole brown cow, brown cow thing, which like reminds me of the 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 rain falls mainly in the plain thing you see yes, a lot in movies yes. or TV shows. Yes. Well, she's talking about cows doing the whole brown cow thing, and then she goes, 
um, well, why, why do I have to, why do I have to know about brown cows? There's not going to be any cows at the party. And Niall says, well, yes, there will be, or something like that. Referencing Cece, obviously like that, that's the cow that's going and to I be there. And I think it's hilarious that during the party, a woman that's wearing brown walks by her and she's like, yeah, she's what like, is it? how cow, how, hey, hey, hey now, brown cow or something like that. Something. She says. Yeah. And, yeah. um, yeah, I think these the tea is getting to me now because I'm hair brown cow <laughs> but I was cracking up because this woman just passes by and she's wearing brown and it's mm-hmm. almost like she's wearing it was perfect she's saying she was a cow perfect <laughs> so the party has started now and Fran is witty with the parents but the girls from Maggie's school think that Fran and the party is boring um, so the main girl that sh- Maggie's trying to impress is Cindy uh, the popular girl from school who's not too popular she's the like the the low hanging fruit to get into the popular group and that was suggested by fran that she should attack the low hanging fruit of the popular crab and uh, this is played by nikki cox who was in baywatch playing charlie and she was also in terminator 2 as an extra oh and she's absolutely gorgeous um and honestly, I feel like that plan of attack was great. It's like you're going to go to who you who you have access to. Um, but have you ever been to a party and it was so boring and you're just like, oh, yeah, like, what do you do? Yeah. You can't really leave or do you or what do you do? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's just kind of like you're trying so hard to, like, get into the vibe of the party, but it just it's just not working. Yes, and also, um, I love that scene when you know they're sh- they're showing how Cece greets her friends, and you know how bougie this party was so far with the oh, it was how now brown cow, and also <laughs> kiss kiss hug hug, you know, and not actually giving kiss and a hug, mm-hmm. it was just kiss kiss hug hug. It really showed how you know maybe fake it was, you know, and just how super bougie it was. Um, and I thought that was, you know, I thought that was great um, because it really was just like, oh, this is the tone. And for a teenager, I can just imagine how much that killed. So back to the language teaching, they were saying about her R's and that she needed to pronounce her R's to sound cliche. So obviously she's Jewish, right? She's Jewish. Yeah. Okay, the T. <laughs> the T is making slurry, slurry things happen going on. <laughs> this is great. But, um, so she's Jewish and, um, a very famous Jewish word is probably yenta. Yeah. You know, they use that term very, very often in a lot of different media when there's a Jewish character. And so when she's told to pronounce her R's, she just adds an R onto yenta and she goes, yentar. Yentar. But let's talk about Franz. Um, entrance, you know, and how, you know, she turned heads. And I mm-hmm. think we're, this is the third episode and I love that she already has another entrance, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I remember the first episode she came in and she was wearing red or pink. was it pink? <laughs> yeah, there you go. You got it. So, and this time it was like, oh, you know, she goes down the stairs and she's wearing, you know, um, you know, a completely different outfit. Um, you know, her hair is, is basically pulled back in a bun and all of a sudden she's just demure. And I have to say, you know, Fran Drescher, I mean, you know, she transformed herself because she was not, her voice was completely different. Um, she had no accent at all and she was really, really demure. And I love that again, it was the makeover aspect. So it was almost like, Oh, successful. She successfully Mm -hmm. did it. Um, and turned herself into one of the upscale women. But I love how Niles chimes in and he's kind of like her fairy godmother reminding her of what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. And when she did her laugh, ha ha ha, he was like, and close. <laughs> and that's what you want. You want a gay fairy godmother. I think at least <laughs> twice she does something that is seen as embarrassing to Niles and he like, tells her to stop and she stops by looking directly at the camera yeah and breaks that like fourth wall a little bit and i thought that was really fun and honestly i think it was um yeah that was i love it i love when they i love scenes like that especially comedic scenes 
where they look at the camera, mm-hmm. you know, and honestly, their comical timing is impeccable. And again, that it's it holds true to how great the dynamic is between Fran and Niles um, and how Niles, you know, they have a playful banter with each other. But at the same time, you know, they try to have each other's backs, you know, and I yeah. love that. I love that a lot. So back to the cucumber sandwiches, apparently cucumber seeds give you gas. And how she had the the seeds removed. kind of take removed and taken out. Um, and I love how she just popped out. There, there were bits of Fran, you know, coming out and, um, you know, the original Fran coming out, you know, and I thought that was hilarious, you know, when she said, oh, gas. Um, Is it a thing? Is that real? I have no idea. I've never heard that before. Yeah, it would have to it'd be something that we have to look up. Um, <laughs> and you guys, you know, let's keep it interactive. If you feel like cucumber seeds give you gas i mean you know what i i love that we give information but i also love that our listeners you know get to answer some of our questions so let us know you know put it on our instagram yeah let um, us know about the, about the gas yeah dm us let us know you know does cucumber seeds give you gas or not speaking of listener patricia Peshan, um on instagram this past week um i did post our margaritas that we had and i uh did a question on our story and i asked what is your favorite margarita flavor? And we had um, two answers that were really fun, in my opinion. Um, I think, you know, probably everyone has heard of a mango, um, a mango margarita before, but someone said mango habanero margarita. Oh, margarita. And I thought that was a little interesting. I mean, I, I've had a strawberry jalapeno one. Yeah. But mango habanero, that sounds fun. Yes. Um, I think, you know, the spice level is probably way higher on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would be curious. That sounds like a, like a really good combo. And I believe the other person who responded said orange. orange. Which I have not. I've done a lot of margarita flavors. I've done strawberry. I've done blueberry. I've done blackberry. I've done raspberry. Pineapple, we did that one yes. time. Yes. That was fun. So orange might have to be on the list honestly i feel like uh, the orange i i never thought about that you know how we have orangeade lemonade the orangeade type of vibe that's mm-hmm. what i'm thinking in mm-hmm. my head just that orange citrusy flavor and especially with covid around you need all the vitamin c you can get there you go <laughs> vitamin c and tequila <laughs> So at this point, Maggie has an outburst and Fran follows her into the kitchen. Finally, Fran realizes that she should just be herself. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, um, Maggie just kind of, you know, saying it out loud and everyone looking. And she's like, this is, you know, this party is so boring or, you know, and storms away. Um, I do love the moment when obviously, you know, Fran follows her and they have a moment in the kitchen of just realization for Fran um, and also both of them bringing the best out of each other. And you know what? It again, it just comes full circle how Maggie, young teenager, Fran, you know, obviously an older woman who is, you know, um, also it's never too late to learn about yourself. And I think I love the contrast between young and old. I mean, Fran was not old, but I'm just saying older. And they're both learning something about each other, you know, and they both look at each other. And I think sometimes we look at that, especially with social media. Um, We look at things and we feel maybe inadequate because we're not, oh, we're not that Meanwhile, maybe there's other people looking at us and they're like, you know, I wish I had what they had, you know. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, again, it was almost like a mother and daughter moment for them. And I loved seeing it, how Maggie was like, oh, I would love to be you. Because who wouldn't want to be confident and just, you know, out there and interesting. And and then who also doesn't want to be, you know, maybe put together a little quieter, a little more, you know, um, sophisticated. And I think we all strive to be something like that or maybe not, you know. And mm-hmm. I really did love, love that moment um, between them. So earlier I was saying, you know, Maggie and her playing this party. So when Cece starts tearing it up, I don't understand why... Fran is like being taken back by it and she's like well maybe I should be doing something else 
at this point in the kitchen, Maggie says, what happened to the party that we planned? And it's just like smack in the face. Like, yes, like they did plan for this party. Like Maggie knew exactly what she was getting out of it. She knew exactly what she wanted. And she was like, Fran, let's do this. And that's what like, like really takes me back. And it makes me really upset that Fran, like for some reason thought that like got confused because I'm like, I thought it was, it's like pretty clear. Like Maggie wants this kind of party. She doesn't want you to do this fancy fancy thing. Exactly. And you know what? Um, I love that, you know, again, yeah, it's like, what happened? Why is everything so different? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? Again, in, in a matter of 20 minutes, you know, they were, they managed to kind of like change it up. And then, you know, once they come out, it was like there's the Sunday bar and mm-hmm. there's the grab bag and like all this good stuff. And I love that they completely turned it around and made it super fun. And just like that, um, Fran was dressed as herself again mm-hmm. and vibing with, you know, the upscale women and, and the investor that, you know, Maxwell was trying to get, you know, um, you know, for his Broadway show. So I think that was like, oh, wow, you know, all you needed to do was be yourself and just be fun. And she was a breath of fresh air, yeah. especially in a room when things feel stuffy. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I tend to feel like that, you know, because I, I, I can go into a party and just not have a problem, you know, talking to people and kind of just being the one that's like, you know, some people will say, oh, she's crazy, you know. And but you know what? I love it because it's something different. And I think we need that sometimes. Um whether it's someone that's just kind of super outgoing or someone that's just, you know, super fun and just, you know, not afraid to be transparent and to be themselves. I think that was Fran and it was a perfect example. Again, full circle with staying true to yourself and just be who you are. Just be real, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, the best part is that she went from this flat hair being in her board. Though, then again... I can't say that I disliked her quote-unquote boring outfit. I thought it was actually pretty cute. But her hair being, like, slicked back. I like her big poofy hair. And I'm glad she did her big poofy hair when she finally turned things around. Though her outfit um, afterwards was also really nice. Yeah. Um, But I can't say that I hated the quote-unquote boring outfit. You know what? The ruffles for me. I feel like Cece, again, was wearing something with ruffles in the front. And then Fran actually was wearing something with ruffles in the front as well. Did you notice that? I didn't. See, I I don't look at Cece. Yeah, yes. (laughs) You know what? It goes to show you really do, you know, you want to stand out. Unless, you know, obviously, you know, there's people that are introverts. You don't want to really stand out. But um, I think deep down inside, everybody has that fun side and you want to be noticed or maybe not. But um, in this case, yeah, Cece just does not... She stands out to me as just someone that I really don't want to surround myself with. And she definitely is kind of a little bit of the villain here. Maybe the misunderstood character too. But um, yeah, I love that she just changed herself. Uh, Well, Fran, you know, she changed herself. Her outfit was completely different and she was back to her true self. And um, the whole grab bag scene, which was like pretty much the last scene, um, I didn't understand it at first. And then you... We're like, you know, did you catch that? And she had, you know, Maggie had handed, did she hand her the foil bag? No, she, she handed her the, the big grab bag. So um, when we were watching it, I almost like explained what was going on because I asked her, I was like, do you understand? Because she ends the, the show going into the grab bag that Maggie's holding and she pulls out this, like, aluminum-foiled gift. The gift is wrapped in this aluminum foil. Well, earlier in the episode is when she says, hey, you have to put the best gift wrapped in aluminum foil so it's easy for the host to grab the best gift. There you go. And I love that. Um, so at the end, Fran grabs the foil bag, and she gets the best, you know what I mean, present there. Oh, what could it be, she says. And I'm like, oh, that's, she's referencing the beginning of the episode. And so I was like, Trish, do you get what she means? And, and she's I was like, like, no. And I was yeah. like, okay, we have to wait till the podcast. I can't tell you until we're on, on tape. And I love that, because again, it's another full circle moment. It's time for... Bestie of the week. <laughs> so every week we're going to choose our bestie, who we like the most out of this episode. Who are you going to choose as your bestie 
Aroweke. Best day. Uh, for me, the bestie of the week um, is Niles. I really oh. just... Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's like he just has little quick lines here and there. But honestly, he was just like... Again, a go- a fairy godmother for me because he was just kind of popping up, helping her, you know, kind of fine tune her etiquette skills. And then throughout the party, he was there to be like, OK, you know, and close, you know, when she was laughing and and uh, just kind of guiding Fran along. And honestly, who doesn't want that? Um, you know, a gay, you know, fairy godmother type of thing, you know? Yeah. And I think I love that. Um, I, so that makes him the bestie of the week for me. All right. Well, I'm going to say Maggie oh. is my bestie of the week. And I it's kind of similar to last week because I was like, Brighton's my bestie of the week because he had Fran's back. He wasn't going to rat on her with the whole smoking thing. And then this episode, she kind of has her back. She's like, no, like, I wanted you to be the hostess of the party. I want you to be yourself. I want to have the ice cream bar and the fortune teller. And I want the the cosmetic demonstration. You know, I want to be just like you. And that's the kind of person that I wanted to showcase to, like, her world, basically. Because she's this, like, schmancy, fancy you know world where you have the um not that not that she's really been in any debutante balls yet yeah but it's still like her her father's you know peers yeah and she was supporting fran there at mm-hmm. the end mm-hmm. like just be you i think you know? she, the, and the biggest thing i gotta say i gotta say yeah she is my only choice she could she could she could be my, she could only be my choice for this episode because everyone else was trying to get Fran to not be herself, and even Fran was doubting herself. So there's just no one that I could pick that I believed in in this episode. Yeah, you know what? That is a good point. I love that. Next, most quotable quip. Ooh, for me, it was definitely Grace's um, quote at the very, very beginning scene um, when she says, you know, uh, you hang... You hang him on a hook until you're going to use him again. Uh, basically, <laughs> just talking about how boys and you used him when you need them. Um, and again, it was just such a powerful uh, phrase for such a little girl to say. And the fact that she just, you know, picked it up right away. You know, especially when Fran, again, used that metaphor with, you know, the kite. They're like, oh, guys are like, you know, a kite. You know, you kind of let them loose and then you reel them back in. And then Grace says... You hang him on a hook until you're going to use him again. So I, I got to like say, I did think about making that my most quotable quote because it was really funny. Um, but mine was, war is just hell. This is high school. <laughs> oh, I love that too. I love it. So that's when Fran's talking to Maggie in the beginning of the episode, um, shortly after shortly after the whole kite thing. And, you know, she's saying she doesn't have any friends because she's not popular. And, you know, high school is just so hard for her. And Fran's like, oh, yeah, I know. She was like, oh, well, war is hell. But this is high school. It's even worse. Which it is. You couldn't pay me to go back to high school. (laughs) I mean, it was fun. It actually really was fun. But my gosh. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's difficult. Next is our fashion favorite. Ooh, uh, for me, it was the black turtleneck uh, with the multicolored vest with jeans. I love the multicolor. It was like gay pride um, and just, you know, just very bright with the contrast of the black, you know, and I, I love it. I love that because usually I love the color black. Obviously, it's very flattering, but I love the pop of color that she brought. I got to say, that's definitely one of my favorites, too. I'd probably put that with neck and neck with the white jacket the gray scarf the gray skirt um the whole like quote-unquote boring outfit that she had on in the beginning of the party i thought both of those were really nice uh but my fashion favorite is the white ruffle blouse with the red and black jacket and the black skirt that's what she transitions to at the end of the episode when she wants to be herself at the end of the party and uh that is my fashion favorite nice so how many mr sheffield's 
to be honest, I said this last week. I was like, I'm not going to give every... I don't even know what made me say that, that I'm not going to rate every episode a five. But for me, this one was a five because to me, it's so important to instill uh, instill confidence in our kids, especially when they're at a young age. And I think this episode, I just love what it symbolized. Um, I honestly really did appreciate this episode. I think so far, you know, amongst all the other episodes, I really, really valued this one. Um, because, you know, it's something we struggle, you know, men, women, I mean, you know, a lot of times, you know, we struggle with who we are, maybe, or we question who we are. And, and, um, I think this one was just a full circle. Um, it was like, you know, whether you're young or old, you know, you have your own, you know, um, you know, struggle sometimes. And it's so important to empower each other and lift each other up. And for me, that was very, very meaningful. I actually, it's a sitcom. It was funny, but the meaning for me was everything. I am going to give it three, Mr. Sheffield. Oh my gosh. I'm walking away. (laughs) I'm leaving. So uh, the reason I'm doing that is because I just don't buy it as a plot line. I don't buy that Fran's listening to Cece. I don't buy that her and Maggie made all these plans and she knows exactly what she wants for this party, but then she decides to do something else. Anyway, I understand that this is kind of a a typical plot line for a lot of things we've seen before. I understand that that obviously something has to go off to make the story go, but... I just I just don't believe it. I don't think it's a great plot story. <laughs> plot story. <laughs> and you know, it was surprising for me that, you know, Fran did, you know, process and allow Cece to kind of get in her head a little bit. But obviously, you know, there had to have been a plot and there had to have yeah. been that, you know, moment of like, whoa, you know, what's happening. Um, but I still love the fact that it just you know it translated into something that was like you know stay true to yourself sometimes that is always just going to be good enough yeah i mean and then another thing like with all the characters that were just trying so hard to get her to try and be fancy schmancy when like i feel like this is the reason why she's here she's the nanny she has this job she's in this family because of who she is and that's another thing i kind of like don't believe that every single person is like trying to steer her to be into this more fancy, fancy thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because maybe Maxwell, you know, would have been like, oh, you're fine. Um, Which he was saying, oh, she's going to be a breath of fresh air. But it seemed more of like a red flag that, oh, maybe he's a little more worried. that, Or, you know, Niles saw it as like, oh, that is. Maybe she is a little bit, you know, uh, a little different. And she might not fly. They kind of dived into it really fast. They were just like, like yeah like you should do something different you should be less enthusiastic yeah. and yeah. more boring um i think it would probably would would have been better for the plot line if they were like trying to make her feel better and then maybe she was like well no 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 i don't know like she, like even like even in though niles was saying be yourself yeah she was like well i don't know maybe i shouldn't be myself or Absolutely. if maxwell maxwell was like slightly saying that she should be different but still being like you know you are who you are like i think it was so direct that she should change that i was like i don't know about that this isn't really believable oh and also i have a birthday shout out for my grandmother it's her birthday today so i think that's another thing that hits me you know with this episode is because they had like such a mother and daughter uh, moment and they were just lifting each other up you know especially at the end and um you know happy birthday nanai <laughs> uh, but we definitely cannot sing happy birthday because that is copyright oh really yeah wow, look at that <laughs> so we have reached the end of the episode and uh if you don't have anything to add that's it i'm done so you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at the Nanny and Niles Pod. You can email us. Please email us some questions, um, any kind of comments or anything that you would like to uh, add to the podcast at the Nanny and Niles Pod at gmail.com. You can find me and some fun videos as well as my cocktail making videos at Dylan Gayman, that's G-A-Y-M-A-N, and you can uh, follow me at TrixMix910, and you'll see a plethora of my postings. (laughs) Well, bye-bye now. Ta-ta!